0: Hello, welcome to Integral Yoga podcast live from Yogaville. Today I'm joined with Sam Desai. Thanks so much
1: for being here. Sure, my pleasure.
0: And Sam is a licensed professional counselor with training in clinical psychology mm-hmm. 30 years of psychotherapeutic experience. And as well, you teach yoga, meditation, mm-hmm. laughter yoga, healing imagery, conscious breathing, all of that.
1: Yes, all of the fun stuff. All the fun stuff? Yes, yes. Do you yes. enjoy being a teacher? I love being a teacher. It's, it's, it's an inherent passion. I've been teaching uh, since I was two years old in the bathroom with, a, <laughs> with an imaginary classroom. So it's just, it's it's in me. I love the joy of teaching.
0: What do you think brought that up, that from that young of an age you wanted to teach?
1: I'm not sure. I was just drawn to it. And um, I think my father inspired me too because he was a teacher, and he was a very gifted teacher. Um, just in his interactions with people uh, and when he led seminars, etc. although that wasn't his profession, but um, he was just into um the and and not just teaching he was into teaching and he was learning he totally exemplified what uh being a student for life means mm. and uh, so when i teach there is the student element as well and um uh my students give me back so much and show me different ways of um listening to them, hearing them out, and being able to modify my programs to meet their needs better in the future. So it's a give and take, and it is beyond joyous. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. all I can say. I'm in my element, in my flow when I'm teaching. Mm.
0: Do you think that in order to be successful at teaching or to be successful as a student, really it takes being in in the other shoes as well? Like... As you mentioned, in order to be a good teacher, you have to know how to be a good student. In order to be a good student, you have to know how to be a good teacher. Yes,
1: yes. You nailed that one. It's absolutely true, um, which is even in, um, in my other hats that I wear, uh, in order for me to be an effective psychotherapist, I have to be able to relate to the person sitting in front of me or to the group of people who are sitting in front of me uh, trying to learn some new skills. Um, And if I can't relate to what they're going through as a human being, um, then that process is disconnected. Mm -hmm. So you have to play both roles. So even though I might be in the role of being a teacher and I'm there, Uh, For a good reason, you know, someone's invited me and I have the credentials. But once you put that aside, I am first primarily a human being. Mm -hmm. And uh, with similar imperfections and limitations and strengths. And it's just a matter of degree and a different context, different setting. And being able to share um, what I might have learned from my training and my own experiences with someone who um, isn't quite there yet. So uh, you have to be a, a, a student, in my opinion, um, and you have to have that desire to want to learn, because in order to teach, you have to keep learning. Mm. Otherwise, your teaching becomes stagnant.
0: Mm. Is there something refreshing, do you think, about putting yourself in someone else's uh, shoes? Look, looking through the lens of another person's perspective, you kind of lose yourself. And therefore, yeah. it's very fulfilling experience to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It brings more variety to your own experience. It's like if you were to eat just one kind of food, Uh, every day for the rest of the day Um, and rest of your life imagine what you're missing out on you're missing out on all the different cuisines of the world Uh, you know Mexican food Italian food Indian food and it's like it would be dull and it's the same with people Um, people have a different way of looking at things and it's a good reminder that your way isn't the only way Mm. And it's, it's, it keeps you grounded and humble and also teaches you a different perspective, teaches you something about another culture, their language, their customs, and just how people see things differently and makes us aware of our own actions where we might think we're we're just being ourselves, but our way of interacting could be offensive to someone, or, um, you know, they might take it the wrong way. And even if we were well intentioned, we could unknowingly uh, hurt someone. Now, although we can't worry about every individual's reaction because we don't know what's going on in their minds, but especially if we are aware of it, then it's nice to know that, hey, wait a second, I need to be a little careful about this, or I need to be respectful of this person's experience. And so, yeah, as a as a um, human being, that's important. And there's more peace that way. Uh, we have conflict when we go, well, my way is the best way, my religion is the best religion, my language, you know, is superior to yours, uh, and things like that. So it's only when you can allow yourself to see the human connection that you have with the person you're interacting with regardless of race age gender culture Um, you know unless you do that you can't connect on the on the uh on the perception level like where could they be coming from and where am i coming from now when things are going well no issues but you know people are a great source of joy and people can also be a great source of pain and conflict so um, what do we do in times of conflict? We can't just run or fight back. We need to find a common ground and understand where they might be coming from and at least give it a try. And sometimes uh, it may not work, but that's okay. You've tried it, no?
0: Yeah, it's interesting to me because I don't know if everyone necessarily has the intention of finding that common ground or seeing Things from another person's perspective, and there's such a variety of different types of people, yes. right? That often it seems impossible yes. to understand what it's like in someone else's mind. Yes, right. Do you have the practice of of saying to yourself, "Well, even if they're very different from me, I can still try to understand yes. what's going on for them," or Is it ever just, you know what, I'm never going to understand what's happening for them. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to even try.
1: Well, there's uh, a lot of people in this world. So we can't uh, get into the minds of everyone. But I think the least we can do is to focus on the here and now. And while you're interacting with any person uh, face-to-face or that person's in your space, to be mindful of that and uh, not focus on the entire universe. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, that person and you are interacting and being able to see that my way uh, is not the only way. And when we feel that way, it shows in our demeanor, in our body language, and that relaxes the other person. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas if we subconsciously come across as, oh no, you know, I'm coming from, I know it all, I know how this works. Or if I said as a psychotherapist, you know, I know what's going on in your mind. Here's your problem. Here's the solution. Mm -hmm. It's not simple like that. And that would just alienate the other person right away because they're going to see a lack of Mm -hmm. non-acceptance. And acceptance doesn't mean you have to agree with someone, Mm -hmm. but you can respectfully just say, I get you. I get where you're coming from. And um, here's where I'm coming from. And we both have the right to um, to hold on to our perspective if we wish to. Um, or we can learn from each other's perspective and say, hey, this is another way. And I kind of like that. Um, or if it's not something that sits well with you, you say, you know, okay, that's interesting. Maybe one day I'll try it. Right now it doesn't sit right with me and I respectfully put it aside. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the common ground comes in, that we don't have to Uh, be in conflict with someone because we have differences, that we can be um, joined in our unity as human beings living on this planet. And every individual's, um, if you ask most people what they want, they'll say, I want to be happy. And uh, most people will tell you that uh, anywhere on this planet. They just want to be happy. Now, their definition of happiness could be different. But ultimately, people just want to be at peace, at ease, and joyful and happy.
0: Did you always have this perspective of making sure that you respected someone else's opinion and not feeling a need to be right or better than them or anything like that? Or is that something that has developed through experience for you?
1: I think... Uh, From the very beginning, I've always had an interest in people, and especially people who were different from me. I was just fascinated by it, and I grew up in India, uh, so there's a lot of diversity there uh, within India in terms of languages, cultures, food, religions. Um, And, uh, for instance, Hinduism was the primary religion; it still is, but we had all other religions as well. Um, mm-hmm. We had, you know, we have a sizable um, Christian group, Muslim group. Um, we even had some few, but we had some Jew. I had Jewish friends, um, and everything was just was it was just how it was. We we didn't care what our religion was. We were friendly, and I was intrigued by the customs of my Muslim friends, and I would ask, you know, would do you do this for, or what the fasting was for? And they would be very happy to share that with me or share their food with them. And, and so um, I've always had an interest in that which is different. Mm-hmm. And because I think it makes the world so exciting and so beautiful. And uh, in terms of my own thinking, Um, I can't say that I've always been um, uh, all accepting of everybody's differences. And what I mean by that is um, if I'm in charge of a work project, right, so I I would have had a certain way of doing it. And uh, if I'm overseeing that project, then I might want everybody else to just do it that way. So in that regard, I've had to step back and say, hey, you know, um, they don't have to see it my way. And if there's some flexibility here, and if there is, let me just allow them to do how they want to create this. No? So I think in terms of that kind of stuff, I've had some difficulty growing up and I've learned to, and still learning to ease back. i give you a basic example. You know, my husband and I have different ways of doing the dishes, Right? So early on, I was like, this is the way to do dishes. <laughs> this is the only right way. That's the attitude that comes across. Because if I put 20 items in the dishes, he'll put five. And I'm going, that's a waste of energy and water. And- in
0: the dishwasher? You're yes,
1: in okay. the dishwasher. And he doesn't see things that way. And I did. So I would be spending my time rearranging the dishes that he had put there. And um, after a while, I said, this is insane. What am I doing? Uh, Who said this is the only way? Yes, it, you know, costs us more in terms of uh, heating and all of that stuff. So the way I did that is I will always have my own way of doing it. The way I resolved that was I'm not even going to look at those dishes and he can do them. If I load them, I will load them my way. And he has the right to load them his way. He probably thinks my system is not correct. So, do you know what I'm saying? So, it's in terms of lo- approaching how we want things done. And uh, different people are going to do things differently. And most people will read your telling them how to do things differently as there's something wrong with what they're doing. Mm. And what's that going to achieve? It's just gonna put people on the defensive because basically you're saying, you may be saying it very politely, but the message someone could get is, oh, I'm doing something wrong. And um, that could make them feel insecure inside or that could really tick them off and be angry about it. So when you know it's not gonna make any difference, why can't we just coexist peacefully with our differences? is when there's no energy spent on resisting. Mm. So in that area, you know, I've had to do my own work and I realized um, that sometimes joy comes from knowing when to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> I really did, and I was sharing that with my workshop participants um, this morning. I said, it took me a while to learn that, mm. that you don't have to open up your mouth for everything. Mm just if it's really significant and someone's life is in danger you know we're talking different but most of the time it just something trivial it's not even going to matter the next moment tomorrow or day after and if you've also figured it out that it's not going to make any difference because you have no control over it Mm. just save yourself that energy Mm. don't let it hijack you it's like it should be done my way. Don't they know better? This is so inefficient. Well, who am I to think that my efficiency is better than theirs, mm-hmm. even though it could be? But what gives me the right? You know, maybe there is a method to their madness. Mm-hmm. So it frees up your energy instead of feeling your ego is attacked. And uh, you know, why? How? How dare they not? You know, hear me out. I have all this experience, or I have this background, and. Who cares? Mm. No.
0: The word the word that comes to mind based on what you're sharing to me is humility. Yes, that to have humility for even the things that yes. you seem really sure about. Okay, this yes. makes sense. Yes. Why isn't it done that way? Um, that that's a key in our relationships. Yes. You say, okay, everything is telling me that it makes sense to load up. You know, yes. the, the dishes fully, right? right? Um, but maybe I'm not seeing something. Okay?
1: Yes yeah
0: i wanted to ask you just about uh psychotherapy Mm -hmm. and if you could Mm -hmm. define what that is
1: what is psychotherapy um well basically um when someone goes to see a psychotherapist is a person who is trained in uh ways to regulate the mind uh the uh, some constructive ways to um, deal with one's issues or the problems of life and they're sharing this. First of all, of course, being in a reflective, creating a safe, empathetic environment where the other person can get a chance to be heard because we're not heard by Mm -hmm. others. So you go to a therapist as a safe person, they're not gonna Mm -hmm. judge you. It's done in a compassionate, empathetic manner um, where we'll look at the behavior and see, how is that behavior um, affecting the quality of my life? in which areas of my life is my functioning not at its optimum. And um, so there is understanding the person, primarily establishing a relationship first. Mm-hmm. That human connection that is is not easily available in today's fast-paced world, and uh, people struggle in finding that. So a therapist is a good start if uh, someone has no one to go to. And then from that relationship building, sharing different tools that uh, can be helpful Mm -hmm. and uh, presenting them and giving them a chance to try those out. Um, It's not one size fits all. So there's lots of tools. Mm -hmm. Something may resonate with a given individual um, and not with another. Now, someone might like to do meditation. Other one might say, this isn't for me, maybe for them walking is their their kind of meditation. So finding what works for them and how to be able to show um, your client um, that there is a way out of this Mm -hmm. and that you're not defined by your past. A lot of people are stuck in their past. Uh, Perhaps some terrible things have happened um, maybe some traumatic things, and uh, all hope is gone. Mm-hmm. And, or they've learned certain ways of functioning that are not helpful, and we have a tendency to repeat that which we're familiar with, even though it isn't taking us to that state of happiness that we're craving. And um, so letting them get in touch with that the past is over, mm-hmm. that does not define you, And if these things happened when you were a child, you were not in control of your life. You were under the care of other people. And I empathize that these things you missed out on. But now you are an adult. You can take a look at what happened, get a sense of it, and let's put the past behind. And here are some tools to write the next chapter of your life. And you are now in charge. So it's about... Uh, sharing tools of responsibility, taking responsibility for one's own life, for one's own happiness, for one's own joy, Mm. and um, not looking for solutions outside there. The solutions are within. Um, They just haven't learned to tap into that yet. You know, we talk about in yoga that the teacher is within, Mm. and uh, we need our teachers, a support system, to sometimes guide us, to that inside path, when we get there, we have all the answers mm. to guide ourselves, and that's that's how I see psychotherapy. And you know, uh, I see yoga as a form of psychotherapy as well, much mm. more ancient than the Western um, psychology, which I learned. No, I I learned Western psychology like the rest of the world, and it wasn't until I like delved deeper and deeper into yoga philosophy that i realized wait a second this is one of the most ancient form Mm -hmm. forms of psychotherapy regulating the mind Mm -hmm. isn't that what we're doing in psychotherapy we're learning how to control our emotions Mm -hmm. uh keep our mind in check um and um then yoga also adds the element of the holistic wellness and it's not just the mind but also the body in the spirit and uh, so i see psychotherapy also as uh, that it's necessary to include the body and the spirit and not spirit necessarily in a religious way uh, but in a you know universal spiritual manner your connection to yourself others and the rest of the universe um but you base it on what the client needs. If the client is faith-based, religious-based, then you meet them at their level. Mm. So they have to define their sense of spirituality and everything is okay. So that's really, um, it's just enabling people to see that they have the power and that they can learn these tools and um, their joy is in their hands. Mm. And um it's not just about focusing on problems. My approach to psychotherapy is focus on your strengths, not, not simply on what you think is wrong in your life. Let's focus on the wellness model. Because we tend to focus on the problem model. And there is a place for some of that, You know, such as you have some extreme physical illness, then we've, we've got to focus on treating the symptoms of mm-hmm. that um but if we overall have this wellness model of mind body spirit working together prevention proactive steps in focusing on living the most optimum life you can the best life that you can not what somebody else has um then that is to me is psychotherapy
0: hmm. and and i saw in your course description mm-hmm that you, you had a note there about honoring and celebrating your life. Now, how do we appropriately honor our lives and celebrate our lives?
1: It's, uh, it takes, it's, a, it's a process. It was a new concept for me when I first started to incorporate that in my life. Because I always, like many others, felt that someone else has to celebrate me. I can't mm-hmm. celebrate myself. No, because mm-hmm. when you're younger, your parents are affirming you and other significant others around you. But then what happens if you don't have those kind of loving, supportive people around you? And unfortunately, that is the case with mm-hmm. a lot of people. You can even have a so called perfect family, loving family, supportive, stable home, and still walk away feeling that your needs were not met or that your spirit wasn't celebrated. That's because your parents can't be there for you 24-7, and they have their own needs to meet as well. Mm. Um, So celebrating ourselves is our responsibility, and I think once we take responsibility for that, then finding what it is that makes us joyous. Mm. So I enjoy working with children. I get a lot of my celebration with them because, children are very joyous and they're very in the moment and so you follow and look at things that inspire you. I lo- I looked at joyous role models who to me, um, I, I learned a great deal from those whose life was not easy and they were able to still stay connected with their joy because Those are my real teachers. Um, It's great if somebody didn't have any challenges and life is easeful, wonderful, but I'm more likely to learn from someone who went through all that stuff and how did they get beyond it and how are they celebrating their life and maintaining the joy and then giving to others. So that's where the teaching and the sharing aspect comes and the learning aspect comes from all these wonderful teachers around us, whether that's human beings, animals, nature, everything around us is there to, we can learn something from if we are open to it. So celebrating yourself is just simple things and it may sound corny or really childish at first because there will be people who say to me, well, I don't feel joyful. What can I, you know, I don't want to be faking joy. Mm. And I'll say, why not? Why not? What what stops you? Actors do it so well. Mm. They emote on big screen, they're crying, and they really get into that part. They're laughing and they get into that part. And the wonders of uh, modern technology uh, is that we now know that just going through the motion of doing something can evoke those feelings. And it's great. Um, So, if um, you laugh for a few minutes, even though there's nothing funny, Mm. the very fact that you're laughing at something that's not funny just becomes ridiculously funny. Mm. It's like, what am I laughing at? I could look at this cup and just go, (laughs) (laughs) and there's nothing funny, but I realize I'm doing this, and before I Mm. know it, I'm truly laughing with Mm. this cup. Mm. And, it's, you do that long enough, your body doesn't know the difference while you're laughing. Mm. And it's stimulating the parts of the brain that tell your body you're mm. having fun. And before you know it, fun is real.
0: So it's really the main thing, reworking our habits. And something you said uh, about childhood, mm-hmm. I think, or the past. Yes. Right, yes. being stuck in the past, old stories that that hold us back. Yes, uh, one of the main challenges seems to be realizing how much better it can be. Uh, my question for you is: Is do you see a trend, really, of of learning how to be an adult? Because, as a child, uh, life as a child is so different, and children get in the habit of being told what to do all the time, Yes. you know, for their safety, for whatever yes. reasons is what their parents' parents had done for them. Yes. They're being told what to do all the time. Their yes. whole lives are that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you get to a point where, okay, now you're an adult. Right. But you haven't been practicing yes. making your own decisions. Yes.
1: And you feel like you're in this big ocean and you just don't have the stamina to keep swimming because mm. you don't have the tools. And I think it's especially difficult for our our younger generation, you know, the 18-year-olds who are leaving home and perhaps going to college, mm. and they don't know what it's to be an adult, and oftentimes make some decisions that they regret later. Mm. Um, so I think within each one of us is a wounded child. Mm. Some, somebody's wounds, everybody's wounds are of a different level. Uh, But to some extent, everyone feels a little wounded. My parents weren't there. They went to Jimmy's birthday party, but they didn't come to mine or whatever it is, you Mm. know, however we want to perceive it. But in order to be an adult, we have to first embrace our child, Mm. the child within, because that child um, has not received the love and the attention, the support that you felt it needed. So now that you're an adult, guess whose responsibility it is? <laughs> it's your own. It's my jo- my joy, my happiness is my responsibility. It's nobody else's business. And it would be unrealistic to have that expectation of anyone, and it'll lead to disappointment and a lot of uh, anguish if we continue to do so. So the, and here's where uh, psychotherapy can come into play or other means in which one can go within, reflect, and in a safe environment, reconnect with that hurt child and say, it's okay, I recognize that you're in pain and that you didn't receive what you were craving for, but it's all right, you have me now, okay? And then what happens is when we don't get the love or support or we feel we didn't get it, the child and the adult become disintegrated. And we need to bring those two together. So it's it's like we need to bring our darkness in with the light. And when the child is wounded, there's a lot of darkness there. And um, they think they can never become an adult because the wounds are just so difficult to heal, and they're scarred for life. But um, we may be broken, but we're not destroyed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so... Um, it's, it's that kind of thing where say, okay, I have been in so much pain, I don't want to live this way. And here are my wonderful examples of people who have been in that kind of pain and look at them, they're joyful. And seeking any constructive, healthy, useful, um, peaceful you know, avenue that gets you to that place. So we then get to a point where we parent ourselves
0: Mm.
1: and we can do it and it's an everyday process being kind and compassionate um, and gentle because after all if a if a um, you know a toddler who's trying to walk uh, when they learn to walk and they fall they're going to fall many times and we don't say you stupid baby get up get up you know can't fall we would never do that to unless this something else going on we're not in touch with reality we're not talking about that but any person with uh, basic kindness compassion is never going to say that to a baby um they're going to just help them up and let them stand and try again and it's okay to fall and that's what we have to do to ourselves is i'm learning i learned a certain way that wasn't helping me i got to shed that like an old coat It's way too tight it's time Mm -hmm. to let it go maybe somebody else can find a home for it for them it might be a better fit it's not fitting me anymore and i have the right to go buy this new coat Mm -hmm. that's new and it fits me better and i look so good in it or however you define it Um, so tapping into your own joy and to be an adult means to be responsible and learning to be responsible. And it doesn't happen overnight. You have to make a lot of mistakes Mm -hmm. and allowing yourself to make the mistakes. And of course, you don't wanna make the same mistakes again. So learning also from that, that while it's okay to make mistakes, it's important to consciously Mm -hmm. not to try to make that mistake again. And if you slip and you're well intentioned that you want to move farther and farther, you don't berate yourself. Mm -hmm. There's lots of people who do it out there, they'll do it for you, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's not a, you know, pointing finger saying those terrible people. Everybody's the way they are because of their experiences and that is how they have learned to operate in this world. So we don't wanna do that to ourselves. So if there were people in our life who did that, you terrible you, you're no good, you'll never amount to anything. And unfortunately, there are too many people who have gotten that message either because it was said explicitly or that's how they took it and we we are responsible for our joy and so we don't want to treat ourselves like we are our worst enemy Mm -hmm. we need to be our own best friend and that's another uh, area that i'm very very interested in i run workshops on compassion self-compassion of learning to be your own best friend so that Your source of happiness is never dependent on anything anybody else does. And if they do things that make you happy, that's wonderful. Enjoy it, savor it. But if someone's not there for you, or if they're not there to congratulate you, you're still happy. And it's a good place to be in because um, then you're not relying on anyone else. You know?
0: Yeah. I especially love what you said about we need to or maybe it would be more fun, more wise if we become our own parents. Yes. (laughs) To me, that's a pretty mind-blowing Yes. uh, understanding, uh, consideration. Yeah. And uh, my question is, do you even use the third person to kind of have a conversation with yourself so you say, you know, like, okay, you know, Sam, you you know, you had your yes. right intention. Yes. But maybe you slipped back into something yes. you did before and that's yes. no problem. That's okay. Yeah. Like, you know, or what What does Sam need right now? So you're almost like you become your yes. your safekeeper. Okay? And for
1: most people, the third person is where they start. Because it's very strange or foreign for people to have a self talk with themselves. And also because the world treats us like you, you. So it's a third person thing. And I think it, it you have to kind of work towards making it a first person, but you start out with a third person. Mm. So you, you, know, you could say, yeah, Sam, you know, you slipped, it's okay, try again next time. To where you reach a point where you say, I slipped, it's okay, I'll do better next time. And mm. there's a difference between the two. Mm and um, one is just more personal where sometimes the third person message can come across as something coming from out there we need to find it within us eventually to say i'm okay not sam you're okay Mm -hmm. which is nice to hear from our loved ones but you reach that point where you go I am just wonderful the way I am despite my scars, my brokenness, my background, my parents, my culture, all the terrible things that have happened. I am beautiful. Mm. And really feel it. And sometimes you have to fake it till it starts feeling real. Mm. It's like the laughter thing. Yeah. No? So you're not in a state of laughter? Laugh anyway. Cuz you know it flips. Mm. So. And
0: celebrating our lives is that also uh, is a key component of that yes. celebrating our obstacles and that we've gone through yes. them and we've come
1: th- yes. you know
0: gone out the other side yes
1: and so i too like everybody else really we we reject that i shouldn't have any obstacles i shouldn't have any challenges and uh um you know i don't want anyone to see my dark side and why did this miserable person come into my life today and just you know interacted with me in a very Uh, violent manner well we can't control others but in order to truly experience joy we have to experience the darkness otherwise how do you understand joy to understand a beautiful sunny day you have to have seen rainy days Mm -hmm. right and and then reframing it and seeing the gifts in a rainy day So what is the gift that I'm seeing in that person who I felt insulted me? And if I am really ungrounded by what that person did, then it's a wake-up call for me that, hey, I still have some work to do in this area. Mm. And if I'm into being the best that I can be, and not be Uh, controlled like a little puppet by some puppeteer, then I'm going to say, okay, yeah, that got me this way, so I'm going to practice this differently so this were to happen next time. How do I keep my groundedness centered Mm -hmm. without getting my energy meshed with that person's energy? Mm -hmm. So...
0: When you speak about darkness, Mm -hmm. I think, do you feel that the darkness is amplified if we keep running away from it and avoiding it as opposed to turning around, seeing it, facing it?
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Whenever we run away from it, that that thing becomes bigger and it chases us faster. So ever try to run away from a dog that's chasing you, Mm -hmm. it's going to come after you faster. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? And that's what we do when we don't give it the loving attention. It needs loving, compassionate attention. And saying, and recognizing the value it has offered you. I think that our darkness has a lot of value. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't want to live just in light all the time. Uh, My darkness also serves me to go within. Mm. Step back, do some soul searching, look for different ways of how I can come out of that darkness into the light and perhaps be able to share that and pass it on as something purposeful to someone else. Um, and so darkness, the sides that we are ashamed of is, we don't need to reject them. Let's embrace them. Let's invite them. As Rumi says that our, our life is like a big guesthouse; Every emotion is welcome. Mm. And, um, If you are in a joyful state, know that it's a twin, which is not joy, is lying asleep right now.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: joy is going to be asleep at one moment, and what was not joyful is going to be up. So you can't hide from it, you can't run from it. So you have to embrace both. And our fears, our insecurities have a protective role. And, they kept us safe. Fear has a function. Mm-hmm. Fear isn't just there to go, oh, you terrible you, and the universe doesn't have a plot against us. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's way too many beings in this world for it to go, oh, okay, I have this plan for you. This day's gonna be terrible. I'm gonna send this one to make your life miserable today. <laughs> there is not. I mean, it's not personal. Mm-hmm. So our fears, which are based on our experiences, Also, to some extent, our own personality, where there's a genetic component, but nature, nurture, but experiences play a big role. So they're there to stop us and say, perhaps think before you make a decision here, or um, be careful what you say, or run away because you might get embarrassed. So you have to stop and look at the fear and see if there's any truth to it. So if you're on the 10th floor of a building and someone says, jump, and your fear is telling you, don't do that, then you better listen to that fear. That's a really good kind of fear. Because unless you can really, really fly, it's not something I would advise. So that's a realistic fear. We need that kind of fear. Then we have the irrational fear. That's the kind that gets us into trouble, even though it's well-intentioned as well. It thinks that it's protecting you. So you have to let it see, you know what? Um, this isn't really quite the way it is. Thank you for coming up to try to keep me safe. I appreciate that. But I don't really need you right now. And uh, you can be gentle and say, you could go take a nap. You know, <laughs> you can play with this. It's just um, privacy of your home. You can just kind of create a little theater, right? And so then that part of you doesn't feel rejected. It feels, I'm okay, I can surface any time because fear will surface. You can't deprive yourself of these emotions. And life is going to be tough, and life will have challenges, and there will be losses. All of that stuff that billions have come before us have gone through. Why do we think that shouldn't happen to us or won't happen to us? We're not some you know, privileged, exempt entities. It's going to happen. So instead of running away from it, be prepared for it. And my motto is, you know, um, embrace death because as an as a realistic part of life, it's going to happen. Life is going to happen and death is going to happen. And uh, in fact, <laughs> to digress a little bit, I came across a, a quote and there's a punchline to it. And I, I was deeply moved by this quote. This, it doesn't sound as profound when you first hear it. It's, and it's not, it's not my quote, I don't remember who the source is. It says, life is an STD that ends in death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think of that? Mm-hmm. You know? And so if we can see the seriousness in it, um, we're all going to die. We just don't know how, when, what happens. So, um, and if you really think of it, um, you know, we may not wish to live forever and ever, Everybody has a different view on it. I've had a good ride, I'm happy. My time's up, I wanna check out laughing. Like, this is it. No regrets, whatever has happened, it served a purpose. And that's kind of what I try to build on or share with others um, who are willing to, who are open to that um, viewpoint, is enjoy while you can. Uh, Do all the things that you want to do that are within your reach, within your resources. So if you want to climb the Mount Everest, and you're able to do that physically, and you have the resources, the time, go for it. If it's really high on your bucket list, you don't want to have that regret when you're 95. And even if you want to, you can't do it.
0: Even I think what maybe you're saying, too, is is that the regret of avoiding the reality of death itself. Because facing death... And really, okay, coming to grips with it being okay. Now, what a place to move from! Mm-hmm. Like something happens in the body yeah. when when you do that. Okay, now, yes. now I'm free. It's yes. okay. It will come. Uh, now I can live my life in yes. the meantime.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and the universe needs the cycle of life. Can we just imagine what would happen if nobody died? And. Everything else, the tree, we would just it would be insane. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we need that recycling mm-hmm. where there's birth, will come death. And the part that gets us is when it's untimely and it's tragic and all of that. I understand that and that's suffering. And, um, you know, but even in those cases, if we are tapped into our joy, mm-hmm. we can celebrate the loss of our loved ones, mm-hmm. celebrate the spirit, and after all, we, we, we know we're not the body, the mind, our emotions, all of that. Everything is in a constant change, state of change. Every cell is changing, our body is changing, our mind is changing. So what are we attached to anyway? So once that is shed, um, someone you love departs this planet, you're still connected with them
0: mm-hmm.
1: emotionally, Memory-wise, I I lost my older sister to cancer twenty some years ago, and um, uh, it was a terrible loss. It was the first time in my life anybody I loved had died, mm-hmm. and at such a young age. You know, you see someone's potential, their future, um, and yet it was one of the most peaceful, joyful times that I spent with her and her husband in the last six months of her life. We laughed, we joked, we cried. Uh, talked about the future. And I was totally okay with accepting the fact that she needed to go. And that was what she wanted, No release from that body. That was painful. But she remains with me. And uh, I don't dwell on, oh my gosh, you know, she didn't get, I didn't get to do this with her. She wasn't there for my child's birth or this. I mean, yes, that's a loss, but that's not gonna accomplish anything for me. I'd rather be connected with all the things that I can celebrate about her. Mm -hmm. Um, So those kinds of things. And that's why there are some cultures in which the time of death is a time of celebration. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be so wonderful if we can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the kind of death I would like. Big party, big laughter party, so. Come to the party and celebrate, laugh. If you need to cry too, that's okay. But it's a joyful moment. Mm. And so joy truly does come from within. Mm. And uh, it's always there. But we, just like everything else, it's going to come and go because we can't always stay connected to it. It'd be impossible. We are human beings, but we also have to be living human doings. Otherwise there will be no uh, productivity and we need productivity. Just like everyone can't renunciate life and go to the Himalayas Mm -hmm. and meditate there 24 hours. We Mm -hmm. need everyone. So it's about um, doing the things that make you happy, make you joyful when you're younger. Other people kind of dictate that to us. And as you're older, Just being you, not apologizing for being you. Mm. Having the freedom to be you are, to manifest your light uh, with your oddities, your weirdness, your quirkiness, your strengths, your wonderful things that you do. Because when we do that, we create the space for others to do the same. Mm. That's joyous to see their light come out, you know? I mean, when I see that, it just like moves me because we think it's a one-way stream, but that joy comes back to you um, 100 times deeper.
0: And is that the purpose that we're really all looking for? Yeah. Actually, to just simply be an example to others by accepting ourselves?
1: It's a secondary benefit. Yeah. Primarily, you do it for you Mm. because Other people have their own lives. And once you are comfortable with where you are, that you are not rocked by the waves, then you're in that position where it's not gonna matter what's going on. You're going to be doing it for others. Mm -hmm. And I think that's needed too. But if this isn't um, calm, it can be there for others because there's a flip side to giving, is there are some people who have learned that in order to meet their own unmet needs, that they have to be giving to feel worthwhile. Mm -hmm. So giving isn't always uh, a positive. Because if you burn yourself up, just giving, 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 and your needs haven't been met, you're not gonna be of use to anyone. So you, therefore, joy, bring it to yourself first. And from that space, Emanated out there. And then you won't have to worry about your inner joy because it's there. Mm. Wouldn't matter whether, um, you know, someone looked at you the wrong way or you lost your money or uh, your possessions were taken away. They're all gonna be gone one day anyway, mm. so. But, you know, and, and things like money and resources are important because um, they, um, money opens up doors and provides opportunities, and just you just have to look at majority of the world mm. that doesn't have running water or mm. indoor toilets, um, the basic, basic, basic needs. know so tell them that money is not important, mm. right? Money is important to all of us. What is our relationship with our money and our possessions is what's key, mm. and what kind of attachment we have to that. So money is designed to come and go. It's not supposed to be just stuck in somebody's hands. Mm. It's a way in which we exchange services. And uh, so it's needed. Um, and, but how far? Like if you think that a wonderful car is going to bring you happiness, um, enjoy it. But we know how very quickly we lose touch with that happy, that superficial happiness we got. But if you're joyful that you're so grateful that you have a car that gets you from point A to B so you can do the job that you love doing. Otherwise, you might love the job you're doing, but you have to walk five miles to go there. So just, just those kinds of things is the attitude, to shift an attitude, um, that cultivating the attitude of gratitude. The younger me, you know, there was a little arrogance to the younger me you would say, well, I didn't ask to be born,
0: <laughs> mm. you know?
1: Like, no, thank you, you know? Like mm. when you're getting in shit with your parents, like, uh, you know, you don't understand me, or, and like, well, you know, I didn't ask to be born. And then you're older, you think about it, and you go, yeah, you didn't ask to be born, but you were born, and you were lucky that you were born in a family that may not have been wealthy, but you had your basic needs met, and there was love, and there was wisdom, and there was opportunities and there was comfort. And then you're really thankful, no?
0: Yeah, I guess what I would say is that uh, whether or not we asked for it, this is pretty unbelievable what's happening. You know, yeah. Well beyond words, yeah. I mean, even with all the hardships and the joys yes. and all of it, it's, yes. it's beyond anything we could even conceive of ourselves. So Absolutely. in a way I think gratitude is just paying this experience the respect right
1: yes that is a simple act of really feeling the gratitude not just you know going through the motions although for some people for whom it's difficult i'll say to them go through the motions of writing down in a journal every day five things you're grateful for and you know they're going ah this is mechanical it's not going to work and you'll be surprised we take for granted the simple tools that are available to us mm. We're looking for this complicated answer. There there is no complicated answer. The answer is in the simple, in the minimal. Mm -hmm. And you keep doing it. After a while, you start embodying it. Mm -hmm. And for those days, those rainy days, when you need sunshine, you open up that book. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my goodness, look at all this. Mm -hmm. And it's not, how dare I feel unhappy? Look at all those hungry children all over the world. Because then you're you're reprimanding yourself. You say, oh, you know, I am so fortunate to have this, and I would like to get back to that connection. And and then perhaps once you get to that point where you're content uh, with where you are, you don't, you're you not striving to be a millionaire, et cetera, although if someone wants to, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, each person has to decide for himself or herself what they want. Um, but you can then just kind of say this is... This is what I want, this is what I have. And what kind of relationship do I want with this? And uh, I have plenty, and you don't have to have a million bucks to give. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. I can make someone's day go better, maybe perhaps just by a smile. Mm -hmm. We see all these people walking around, you know, they're like, who knows what's in their mind. Uh, worries, issues that we all have. And would it be really nice if we notice that someone, maybe a child, um, looks like they need a smile? No, um, don't go out on the street, strange. You know, we're careful of that. But a child that you know, perhaps, um, and you can just say good morning or how are you, or, or an adult, or um, doing something nice for them. It doesn't have to be expensive so if you're in the shopping um in the shopping store in a in the cash register line and you notice that there is a woman behind you she's got two kids they're cranky they're just getting on her nerves and she has a full cart and you have a few items uh can you find it within you maybe to just let her go ahead of you Mm -hmm. so she can go home and get a break uh from her kids (laughs)
0: Kindness, most of all. Yeah, kindness,
1: Sim. kindness, all of those wonderful things. Mm.
0: I so appreciate your sharings for today.
1: Well, it's Thank been my, my so pleasure, much. and mm. um, I enjoyed the experience of being able to talk about it because this is not altruism. Mm. It gives me <laughs> back. <laughs> I believe there is no altruism mm. because if you're doing something, you think you're doing something for someone and it's giving you joy. And you're getting something out of it. So I'll take that altruism any day. So thank you, Avi.
0: And Giving itself is a mode of self-care, not not depleting to the self. Yes. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content and think others might as well, please feel free to share and subscribe.